0: Larry sat down on the couch, exhausted from his morning. Larry's six-year-old son had gotten sick in the middle of the night, and obviously he would not be able to attend school that day. He helped his wife get ready for her job as a nurse at the local hospital, and then sat down to call his boss. While Larry rarely missed work, he knew that today he had no choice but to stay home. Larry was delighted when his boss said that it was fine for him to stay home, But he did ask Larry to do some work to finish up a few loose ends for a project that they would be presenting to the executives later in the week. Larry was more than happy to do this work from home. About the middle of the day, he fired up his laptop and completed the slides for the presentation as his boss had asked. As he was making some final tweaks to the slides, his boss called to ask if they were ready for review. He quickly attempted to upload them to his department's storage on the network, but he found that even though he had done everything his company's IT department said he should do, he still didn't have the right permissions to access the resources. He quickly signed out of everything and then followed the instructions from IT again. But no matter how much he tried, he couldn't get his presentation uploaded. Following another call from the boss, once again asking if they were ready, He decided to upload the file to his personal Google Drive account and email the link to his boss. His boss replied to say that he didn't have permissions to download the file. Larry looked at the settings and made a change. He was relieved when a few minutes later his boss replied to say that he had gotten the file. Larry's presentation went well, and the project was approved by the executive team. The project was kept under wraps by everyone involved for several months. But suddenly, a few industry blogs began reporting on Larry's project, and one blog even included a screenshot from Larry's slides. An internal company investigation was launched to determine who had leaked this information to the press, with Larry considered the most likely source. But eventually, the investigation determined that the presentation had been discovered from Larry's Google Drive. What he thought was a change that only allowed his boss to see the file was actually a change that had left the file open on the internet for anyone to find. Going from working in an office to working from home is a big adjustment. The first time I tried to access my company's resources from home, I found that even though I had done everything right to connect, certain things still weren't available due to security restrictions. I had to contact IT and ask for a change, and while they did work quickly, it still took some time. And now with the coronavirus outbreak causing many people with traditional in-the-office jobs to be moving to working from home, it's extremely important that both you and your company take the necessary steps to make sure that your data stays safe when you work from home. Thank you for joining us today on Cybersecurity Made Personal, as we discuss how to stay safe when working from home. Helping you stay safe in a connected world. This is Cybersecurity Made Personal. Welcome back to the Cybersecurity Made Personal podcast, the safest podcast on the internet. Keeping your company's data safe at all times is extremely important, both for you and for your company. But it is even more important when you are working from home. In this episode, I want to cover six tips for being safe when you work from home. Tip number one is to be alert. This, of course, is important at any time, but it is especially important right now. Scammers are always on the lookout for people who they can trick into providing their details or credentials. While this is a problem anytime, it has been especially magnified due to the number of people who are now transitioning to working from home. I recently read about one particular scam email that claimed to be from your company's IT department containing instructions on how to access company resources from home. But the instructions in that email actually had you download and install a keylogger that would record everything you typed and send it back to the scammer. Think about how many different usernames and passwords you enter in a day. Your email, your task manager, communication tools like Slack, and access to other sensitive resources. And imagine a scammer now having your logins for everything. So be alert for scams at all times, but especially in times of crisis like the coronavirus situation we're facing now. Scammers have no morals. If they did, they'd find a better way to make a living. The fact that they are engaged in this activity at all shows us that they will use whatever method they can to steal your information and make a quick buck, even if it means exploiting a global pandemic to make money. There's plenty of other common scams that are likely to be exploited even more as people are working from home more. For example, another common scam involves hacking into a manager's or executive's email account and asking the recipient to wire money to a particular account. Even if your boss would normally give you that request in person, with everyone working from home, emailing that request would seem absolutely normal now. And with everyone at home, it's not as easy for you to just walk down the hall or even yell around the corner and confirm that that request actually came from your boss. So if you receive a request that seems strange or unusual, especially if it involves something like money, give your boss a quick call. Confirm that it is actually a legitimate request. And a final thing to be aware of is what security from work carries over to your home. Some software that monitors activity on your company's network may not be active when you're working from home, so you may not see alerts that you would normally see if you were in the office. So beyond being on alert from scams, the second thing you should do is use a VPN. VPN stands for Virtual Private Network, and it creates an extra layer of protection on all of your internet traffic. A VPN creates a secure connection between your device and the VPN server. This makes it difficult for anyone else to eavesdrop on your connection and compromise your data. Most companies already have VPNs set up, that connect you directly into the company's network. And you should absolutely use that if it is available. This will give you a direct, secure link into your company's network. However, many companies are limiting VPN access right now because they didn't build their internal VPNs to handle everyone working from home like people are right now. So be sure to check with your company's IT department to find out under what circumstances you should use the VPN. You can also use a VPN personally. While using a VPN is good for your privacy, it's not going to provide as much security benefit for your company's data if it's not going straight to the company's network. If you are considering using a VPN for yourself, you may be able to get it through your security software. Many of the popular security software companies either have a VPN that's included with their paid products, or they have one available for purchase for a small extra charge. However, if you are looking into a separate VPN, be very careful in choosing one. Many of the free and low-cost VPN services have horrible privacy policies. Do research and follow recommendations from trusted sources. If you want to see my recommendations for a VPN service, you can find it at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com recommendations. So now that you're on alert for scams and you're using a VPN, a third way to stay safe is to set up two-factor authentication. You're probably already familiar with some forms of two-factor authentication. For example, whenever I try to log into online banking from a new computer or a computer where I've cleared the cookies recently, I have to wait for my bank to text or email me a code in order to get access. Making you enter the code that they send makes you use a second method to prove your identity. That way, if an attacker manages to steal your online banking username and password and they enter it on a different computer, your accounts will still be protected unless that attacker can also get to your phone number or your email. There are many forms of two-factor authentication. A code sent by email or by text message is one of the less secure forms. If an attacker has compromised your login information for one account, It's certainly possible that the attacker also has your email password. That makes email useless. And a determined attacker could also contact your cell phone provider and trick them into switching your phone number to a phone that they own. It's certainly not common or easy, but it does happen. While there are more secure forms of two-factor authentication, Opting for a text message with a code is going to keep all but the most determined hackers out of your account. And text-based methods of two-factor authentication are absolutely much more secure than having no two-factor authentication at all. So if you have any work accounts that do not have it enabled, enable it. If you want to find out if a service supports two-factor authentication and how to set it up, you can check out the website twofactorauth.org. A link will be in the show notes page at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com episode 2. So step number four to stay safe while working from home is to only use services approved by your IT department. There are plenty of services available that can all accomplish the same task, and it might be easy just to pick the first one that comes up in a Google search. However, there are many factors that you must consider when selecting a service. For example, if you're choosing a cloud storage and file transfer service, you must find one that keeps complete control of the files in your company's hand. This is something that your IT department will most likely have checked for when they set up a service for your company, but it's probably not something you would think to check for automatically. But beyond the privacy concerns, you also need to make sure that your applications are configured properly. If you're sharing files through personal Google Docs accounts, and then someone decides to leave your company, you could potentially lose access to files created by that person. By using a business-level provider like G Suites instead of the personal Google Drive, you can make sure that ownership of those files is properly transferred when someone leaves. So that brings us to number five, which is to keep your software up to date. Whether you're using your own devices or company devices to work from home, it's important that your devices be kept up-to-date in order to defend against the latest vulnerabilities. It's a good idea to keep your computer up-to-date at all times, but it's especially important when you take a device outside of your corporate network. That's not to say that you don't have good security practices at home. I certainly hope you do. But I highly doubt you have a corporate security team locking down your home network. So how big of a problem is vulnerable software? In a 2019 study by the security company Tripwire, 34% of security breaches that occurred exploited vulnerabilities where an update was available but was not installed. A separate study came in with a much larger number, 60%. Other studies have come in with numbers in between those two. Regardless of what number you believe, the truth is this you can block a substantial percentage of attacks simply by installing updates. And yes, I will admit, updates have sometimes caused problems. In rare instances, updates have caused serious issues such as data loss. But most problems caused by updates can be reversed very quickly by just uninstalling the updates that you installed. And of course, you should always follow the advice of your company's IT department. Many departments will test updates with all the software that's used in the company to ensure that there won't be any issues. So don't install updates if your IT department has told you to wait. So our final item is good advice for any time, but especially when you're working from home. Always, 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 always back up your data. This is good advice for any files you have, whether they're personal or business files and whether you're working from home, in the office, or in a coffee shop. Having a backup of your data will protect you from many problems and can get you back up and running much more quickly if you have a technical problem or if your device is compromised, stolen, or even just forgotten at home once you're able to return to the office. Ideally, you should backup your data to either a network drive on your company servers or to a cloud service that your IT team recommends. If you don't have access to either of those options, then use something like an external hard drive. Many people use flash drives for backups of important or sensitive files. However, I would highly discourage using a flash drive for backup of important or sensitive files unless you're told to by your IT department. It's far too easy to lose one of these drives and have that sensitive data fall into the wrong hands. So if you find yourself working from home right now, or if you have a business with employees that are now working from home, you can help keep your company's data safe by following these six steps. 1. Be aware of potential threats. 2. Use a VPN. 3. Set up two-factor authentication wherever possible. 4. Stick to approved services. 5. Keep your software up to date. And 6. Back up your data. That's all for today. Thanks for joining us, and be sure to come right back here tomorrow as we continue our special launch week series with the topic, how to delete yourself from Google. Until then, stay safe. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Cybersecurity Made Personal podcast. For more information on today's topic and a transcription of this episode, check out the show notes page, which is linked in the description. If you enjoyed the show, we would love it if you would subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're there, we would also appreciate it if you could take the time to rate and review the show. It really does help us get noticed. Cybersecurity Made Personal is provided for educational purposes only. Please do not take any action on your computer, phone, or other device unless you fully understand what you are doing and the possible consequences. Visit cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash disclaimer for more information. Cybersecurity Made Personal is a production of Personal Cybersecurity, LLC. I'm Jim Herman. Thanks for listening and stay safe.